Girlfriends, episode number 311, Our Lady of Good Help with Theoni Bell. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week, we have a special guest, author Theoni Bell, who is joining us to talk all about Our Lady and a special title, Our Lady of Good Help. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriend, how are you? Thanks for showing up. If you are a first time listener to the Girlfriends podcast, I want to give you a special welcome and hello. I hope you're going to like what we share here and want to become a regular member of the Girlfriends community. If you are a long time or sometime listener, welcome back. I'm always glad to connect with you here as well. Okay, so this week we are talking with author Theoni Bell about a book that she wrote about Our Lady of Good Help. And um, But before we get into that conversation, I want to just check in with you. Now's a good time to kind of check in. Lent has begun. How is your Lent going? I shared some ideas on last week's podcast and some ideas in the previous podcast with Father Mark Mary Ames. And I'd just love to know how it's going for you. Maybe you need to readjust. Maybe you need to recheck in with yourself and what your Lenten goals are. Maybe something unexpected has happened and you need to kind of recalibrate and figure out what God's plan is going to be for you this Lenten season. But I want to encourage you to kind of do that check-in with yourself and see where you are and bring that to prayer and continue, continue fighting the good fight, continue showing up for this Lenten season. I want to give a shout out to Angie that I heard from on Instagram. She told me she's been using my book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday during this Lenten season. If you remember last week, one of the ideas that I shared with you was using a book as part of your Lenten journey. And what Angie is doing is in Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, I I share about these everyday ways that God is always looking to connect with us and the ways that we need to be open to it and open our eyes to the ways that He's looking to connect with us, sometimes in very ordinary circumstances, in very ordinary ways. But at the back of the book, there's a section where I go through chapter by chapter and just share some scripture verses in the hopes that For each chapter, you can spend a little time just in quiet reflection, in meditation, and reading those passages of Scripture that are based on the themes of each of the chapters. And this is um, something that I, I love to be able to do in prayer, is really focus on specific chapters along a specific theme. And um, so I did that at the back of the book. There's that section of just the Scripture passages that you can go through and just very, you know, quietly on your own, meditatively reflect on these passages um, from Scripture, the Word of God, on those themes. And Angie was sharing with me on Instagram that she's been doing that, using that little section of the book to do that in a deliberate way each week as she's going through Lent. That's her her plan. And I just wanted to share that because I, I was really encouraged to know that my book is being used as a resource in that way. And whatever book you use, I think having that kind of structure can be a really helpful way to approach Lent. Um, Okay, so this week we're talking with author Theoni Bell. I'm going to share that conversation with you here in a moment. But she's talking about Our Lady of Good Help, which is one of Our Lady's titles. And Our Lady has so many titles. And I find it fascinating to learn about them, kind of learn the background of them, learn the stories behind them, learn what we mean by them. Many of them are based on scripture or facts that we know about Our Lady. And a beautiful way to reflect on all of the different titles of Our Lady and learn more about them is through the Litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
which is a beautiful prayer with all of the titles of Mary included in it. And I thought, this week, after our conversation with Theoni on the second part of the podcast, I'm going to go through and pray that with you here on the podcast, because in case you aren't familiar with it, or if you haven't prayed it in a while, or if you just like to hear all of the different titles of Our Lady, um, this is a great way for us to do that. So I'm going to encourage you to stick around after the interview, and um, we'll just have that moment to pray together right here on the podcast. I'm always telling you how Girlfriends is a prayer-centered community. I'm always looking for ways that I can pray for you and with you. And so I thought this week, this is a very fitting thing in keeping with the theme of Ethione's book, just praying this litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary at the end of today's podcast is um, a nice little plan. So be sure to stick around after the interview for that. But first, I want to share this with you, my recent conversation with Ethione. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to have a special guest joining me here on Girlfriends today. Theoni Bell is joining me. Theoni has a master's in journalism and studied religion and culture in 13 countries. She came to Catholicism in college and embraces the idea that conversion is a lifelong process. She homeschools and writes from Houston, where she lives with her husband and three children, four in heaven. She is currently working on a picture book about child loss and a novel about a boy in the wake of Vatican II. Theoni Bell, welcome to Girlfriends. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to talk to you. So, you know, just to get us started, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you got your start as a writer. Um, Well, I live in Houston and I'm a homeschooler. And before that, I did have a master's in journalism and was working as a reporter. But then I got married and I needed something to write about because obviously writing was just in my blood. Right. And so I, I started to recognize, you know, the types of books I wanted to read to my first daughter and noticed there's kind of a gap there with Catholic literature. Mm-hmm. This was like, this was like 10 years ago. So I think the gap is definitely being filled now. Yeah. But, you know, journalism is not fiction writing and it's not writing picture books for children. So not the same creative process. <laughs> no, I did not have the skills I needed, but Mary definitely helped me. Uh, she definitely answered all my prayers, hooked me up with the right editors, and and um, she whipped me up into shape so that I could get this book out. It it took five years though. It wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't wasn't something I just sat down and spit out. I mean, I did at first, and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it has been edited. It w- I think the editing process was about three years. So okay, um, it yeah. turned around. Right. People so the like book we're now. talking about, I haven't even said the title yet, is The Woman yes. in the Trees. So um, just give us the, the synopsis. What, what is this book? So this book is based on America's first Marian apparition. And mm-hmm. when I say that, I mean, it's the first approved apparition in America. Um, mm-hmm. It's approved by the local bishop and then the uh, USCCB approved it as well. And so the book, I wanted to take children into the story of this apparition. So the main character in the book is a little girl and you kind of go along with her as she immigrates to America from Belgium. Mm -hmm. And as they, it's kind of like little house on the prairie though. Honestly, (laughs) I've, I've never read those books, so I can't say. What? Okay. I I know it's crazy. (laughs) This is my crazy story. Yeah. I feel like God just threw me into this literary world and he was like, 
learn this. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I didn't, I didn't steal from those books, but someone did say to me, this book is a lot like Little House on the Prairie meets Marian Apparition. (laughs) I love it. I'll take it. So anyway, you know, they they come into this wilderness when they immigrated to Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and they have to, you know, cut the trees and build the cabins and make the farms. And they have cholera uh, Mm -hmm. epidemic, which was a real epidemic that happened at that time. And um, then all of a sudden this woman shows up at at uh, my main character's door. Her name is Slaney. And she knocks on the door and this was the the first scene that came to me for the book. Mm -hmm. There's a woman outside the door and she's kind of a formidable woman and strange. The strangest thing about her is that she is missing one eye. She had an, she had an accident as a child. This woman is the seer of the Marian apparition. So she is the, the real life woman and Mm -hmm. everything I put in the book about her is true. So it's factual. Um, okay. That's what I was just wondering. Yes. Yes. So part of the reason this took so long is I was communicating with um, the communications co- coordinator at the shrine mm-hmm. in Wisconsin and the archivist uh, in Wisconsin and just praying a lot to understand her name is Adele Bryce. So to understand the seer. Mm-hmm. And um, so she shows up she's got this deformity and she's a stranger to them. And she says, I saw the Virgin Mary in the Mm -hmm. woods and I'd like to teach you the Catholic faith. Okay. So before I started the book, I had prayed to our lady of good help, a novena. Mm -hmm. And I I said, I want to write for children and I don't know what to do. And this scene just kept hitting me and it became the first scene that I wrote. And so I said, to Mary, okay, I get it. You want me to write about your apparition, right. and uh, so then I just dove in and and pr- I prayed every time I sat down to write or do research. I prayed her novena prayer, so I was kind of doing the novena every day, mm-hmm. and just asked to to understand what she wanted people to know about Our Lady of Good Help and what she wanted people to know about Adele Bryce and. Mm-hmm. So I, I sat down to write it and five years later, I released it myself. Oh, and okay. then, yeah, so I put it out and it sold so many copies that Tan decided to pick it up. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that yeah, so that's, this particular book. Yeah. That's so that's, that's how they got it. Yeah. Well, so, okay. A lot of people are hearing this and they've never even heard of this shrine. Okay. So let's, let's start there because the the shrine of Our Lady of Good Help is an apparition site that's right here in the U.S. And, and you know what, my own history with it is I didn't even know it existed until I was at it like Mm -hmm. (laughs) a few years ago. I was, um, Mm -hmm. it was part of the, um, the Catholic media conference that was happening that year in Wisconsin. And they had like different outings planned for us. And that was one of them. And I'm just like, get on the bus and, oh, we're going to some church. And then I'm like, oh, it's a shrine. Oh, it's a, it's an apparition site. (laughs) And I was like, what (laughs) on earth? And I think that's many people's experience because I've talked to many people since then who, first of all, don't even know it exists or, or have a similar story where they came to know it existed by kind of stumbling upon it. Mm -hmm. So that's how it happened for us too. So we're from the Midwest and Mm -hmm. in 2000, 2013, we had some petitions and we thought, well, what do Catholics do? They go on pilgrimage, you know? So we, 
we just we I got on the internet and I looked for sites in our area and I saw a Marian apparition site. Now, honestly, I couldn't say I didn't believe in Marian apparitions, but they're kind of something for other Catholics, you know? They okay. weren't Yeah, you never were on fire was, about them, yeah. Yeah, and I, I might have been even a little skeptical about it, you know? Sure. And um so we drove out there and we're late to everything. So we showed up, you know, with barely any time to go in and we, we see this basement, the one you've seen. Right. And we're like, huh, let's see what's down there. And you just enter the room and it's like, I'm in a different universe. It's Mm -hmm. like the peace you hear from people all the time. It's just the peace is so palpable Mm -hmm. and you're just at ease and you just feel good. So I, I left, I left having, prayed so we were praying that I could conceive another child mm-hmm. and that my husband would get into a paid teaching position for a master's degree in philosophy so okay. he was wait he was waitlisted well I I went back one more time to pray the same prayers and then within three months we had moved to Vancouver Canada and he was in school and I was pregnant wow so I was like huh our lady of good help (laughs) yeah this is kind of powerful so I printed off my own prayer cards because there was nothing at the time Mm -hmm. and just she became you know who I prayed to when I needed something done and uh that's why I prayed to her when I was starting the the book so Mm -hmm. so the message that the main message of her apparition that she gave to Adele Bryce was that the children in, she said, gather the children in this wild country and teach them what they should know for salvation. And mm-hmm. at the time, Adele's community of Belgians, they were secluded in the forest and priests weren't able to make it out there and they had no churches and everyone was becoming apathetic. Mm-hmm. And then years later, there would even be some preachers who move into the area who become a real threat to the Catholic faith and start kind of picking Catholics off. And Adele comes up against this preacher and kind of protects her flock and the bishop joins her and to kind of re-educate everyone and keep them in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, So Adele's response was, how am I to teach them who knows so little myself? Because she was illiterate And she had that disability where she had lost an eye as a child. Mm -hmm. And I immediately felt that as I started to study it, I started looking at the fact that I had three children and I was homeschooling them. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, it hit me so hard. I, I had to start asking, you know, what faith practices am I handing down? What habits or even psychological issues, you know, what kind of demeanor? Like, I just kind of, I feel like Mary was like, if you're going to write about this, you got to shape up, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's kind of uh, what I felt. I felt she kind of took me by the hand and was like, all right, little one, it's time you grow up. You know, Mm -hmm. you've got, you've got some things to work on. And there was a time where I was even going to get a necklace or have one made that had a little millstone on it just Mm -hmm. to remind me all the time this is really important what you're doing as a mother and a homeschooler, you know, you need to take this seriously. So right. I really wanted to share two things. I wanted to share with other parents 
moms specifically, that Our Lady of Good Help is there to help you mm-hmm. and that this is, you know, important and God sees you doing what you're doing. And mm-hmm. I also wanted kids to know their faith better. So the faith is woven throughout this book in very real life ways. You know, they're, they're dealing with family struggles and death and disease. Now that sounds gruesome, but I know, <laughs> um, I know how moms think. So I right. definitely didn't, didn't go too far with that. But mm-hmm. so there's, there's ways that the topic of the Eucharist and the saints and those kind of things come up in the lives of the characters. So the last right. thing you want to do is be preachy, right? Right, exactly. So after Adele heard the message from Mary, she begins to travel from house to house through the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, sources say she went up to 50 miles away to get to wow. homes of children, and she would help them with their farming and their household chores because she knew that that's kind of what the focus was of her people at the time. Right. And, um, and then uh, her father built the first shrine, which was about the size of a walk-in closet. It was so small, but pilgrims started to come. So they had to build a bigger one a year or two later. And then, you know, a few years after that, another big one. So I think what's really exciting about this story is that first you, you have the apparition, but then it, I feel like the Lord gave us evidence of it. So mm-hmm. during that part of the message was that Adele should offer her masses and pray for the conversion of sinners. So mm-hmm. she also went around to do missionary work. And the message of Mary said, if they do not convert, my son will, will be obliged to punish them. And so some people think that happened on the night of the great Chicago fire because um, a lesser known fire happened that night in Wisconsin, up mm-hmm. in the northern part where all these settlers lived. And it's known, even from secular sources, that to be the most devastating fire in American history. Wow. So when this fire rushed up um, on these communities, they weren't ready for it. And they, they fled and they jumped into wells and they tried to wade in the rivers and um, a group of the faithful fled to Adele's chapel. And then mm-hmm. throughout that whole night, they uh, processed in a line around the chapel yard with Mary, a statue of Mary above them. And they prayed the rosary all night long in the wow. smoke. And in the morning, a downpour came and every part, everything inside the chapel fence was totally untouched. There were even like wild animals that had fled inside the fence. People had dragged their cow with them because they didn't want to have nothing after the fire left. So that really increased pilgrimages and Mm -hmm. other other, uh, Catholics in the area. There's a famous priest who visited and he he put out a a letter saying, "I, I recommend everyone visit this this place of miracles. And and then I feel like it was just a very local thing for over a hundred years until mm-hmm. finally in two, in 2010, they started the investigation and they um, approved it as a site worthy of belief is mm-hmm. how it's put. 
So, okay. so that's the ma- main part of the story, I guess. Right, right. So all of that's shared like in an entertaining kind of educating way in your book, which is a fiction, which is sort of, I, I think of it as like fan fiction because it's based on reality, right? You're kind of yeah. doing this, this takeoff with a different character um, and a, and a yep. different perspective on it. But what yep. a beautiful way to introduce people and young people, especially to, first of all, as to Our Lady as an intercessor and yeah. um, to, to this, this story of this apparition and the shrine of Our Lady of Good Help. I'm really interested, Theone, in you as a fiction writer, what do you see as the role that fiction can play in our faith lives? I mean, obviously you see it as a useful tool, but maybe specifically in what ways should parents think about fiction as a part of how you might form your children in the faith? Yeah, so that was something I started thinking about when my daughter was, you know, one years old. I was like, how am I going to educate this little creature, you know? Right. <laughs> and and so, you know, you just start reading to them, but then you start reading about how important stories are to mm-hmm. every human being that ever lived. So everyone is shaped by stories. Maybe it's Greek myths. Maybe it's national heroes or Star Wars or Little House on the Prairie, right? Right. They're being shaped by the characters that they love and the stories that that are told in those books. So I'm I'm actually reading confessions right now. I know mm-hmm. I'm such a beginner. I'm, <laughs> I'm just a beginner, right? But I was really touched because Augustine even writes about how he was learning about these like very mighty and mythical gods. And he was lamenting that he wasn't also learning the truth. He wasn't also learning about prophets and apostles and saints and how it really can confused his mind about what was good and evil. Mm-hmm. Because if you fall in love with a character that is flawed and then right. you're never shown how that character is flawed, you fall in love with those flaws basically. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I see it. So I feel like fiction for Catholics doesn't have to be overtly Catholic. I like to write about that, right? but it, it has to have the right, the right worldview. You know, there, there mm-hmm. has to be things like personal growth and ideas uh, surrounding salvation and the struggle of good and evil. And then I think the second thing that I, that I uh, contemplate a lot is how do we compete with the secular world? And I feel like our artistic standards have to be just as high as theirs. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So just because it's Catholic, doesn't mean people are going to like it. You know? I know. They're going to yeah. love you for doing it. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, great. That's really nice effort. But um, yeah, yeah. And I totally agree because that's a source of frustration for me. Sometimes I feel like things can get stamped Catholic or Christian, whether it's a film or it's a book or some other form of media. And it's like, oh, you're supposed to like it just because of that. Like, yeah, it, somehow it's got a different bar, like a lower bar yeah. set for those things. And I, I think that's just wrongheaded. So can I tell you a little minor miracle story? Sure. So you've seen the cover of my book. Mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic. Yes. (laughs) I hear a lot of stuff about the cover. Do you? Yeah, my my husband and I knew the cover had to be good. So we Mm -hmm. went to Barnes and Noble several times and we just put stacks of books on the table and we were like, what what are we going to do? Now, I'm not really funded by anyone. So I tried to use this website called Fiverr. There's okay. really good artists on there. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I paid for one. It was terrible. 
it was she was walking through a jungle with high heels on. Now I'm like, wait, I said she lived in a rugged wilderness, but not a jungle. <laughs> okay. I try a second one and it's so close to good. And so I was on Instagram at the time and um, I was following someone called Baritus Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I just loved his work. I had reached out to him. He's always very uh, nice, but he was just too busy to do anything. He, mm-hmm. he couldn't work with me in any way. So finally, I, I sent him this uh, cover and I said, I know you're busy. I know I'm a stranger. Can you please tell me what I need to do to this to just get it right? Five minutes later, he sends it back. He kind of scribbled all over it. And I showed it to my husband and he's like, oh, my goodness, you have to get this guy to do your cover. Okay. And I'm, so I told my husband, you know, I know his wife is pregnant. I know he's very popular. He has no room in his schedule. My husband's like, you just have to ask him. Mm-hmm. So I type it into the little conversation box and I sit there and I'm watching the dots. Like I know he's <laughs> typing and I'm, I just drop to my knees and I say the novena prayer and then I get his response and he says, sure, I can do this. I can do it one month from now. And he, he gave me a deal on it and he said, I really feel like Mary wants me to do this. Oh my gosh. So he did that cover. And mm-hmm. now, you know, he, he's someone that I hope to collaborate with in the and future. You what know? is this artist's name? Because it is a beautiful cover. Baritus Catholic. His, his name is Chris Lewis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, B-A-R-I-T-U-S. Okay. Very nice. So, okay. So those are the types of things that happened over that five years mm-hmm. where I, it was like, I was crying out to Mary, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have to build a website. I have to be good on Instagram. I have to learn how to write properly for fiction. And you, mm-hmm. you, you got to do this. And right. so those kind of, those kind of, I call them minor miracles. They, yeah, they, ha- they happened a lot during this project. Yeah. I love that. I love that story. And that's encouraging to anyone who, you know, like you explained in the beginning, you're thinking like, I'm not, not ready to do this, you know, but, but God works with you. And our lady of course was a part of this project from its very beginning. So it sounds like this book was truly uh, just putting it together. was truly a a spiritual experience for you. Yeah, it was, it definitely was. So feeling out of my depth, I, I made a promise to our Lord And I told him, before I sit down to work on this, I will pray the novena prayer to Our Lady, and I will Mm -hmm. make sure that I had been to confession. I'm not saying it's like a magic spell where all of a sudden they're going to speak through me, right? but I didn't feel comfortable thinking that I was far away from them and trying to write this important book, you know? Absolutely. And so what happens when you pray a lot? God kind of messes up your life, right? He shows you all your, <laughs> he shows you all your issues. And for a while, you're kind of in the dark, I feel like. And, mm-hmm. and then he works on you. So personally, it was a very exciting time, but it was also kind of painful because some of the things that I was seeing, you know, you th- okay, so you think I'm going to catechize my children and you pull out your catechisms and your coloring pages and your books about saints, you know, mm-hmm. but I started, I started to think about well, hey, my son has an anger problem, right? Mm-hmm. And I had heard a rumor that someone had said, well, if he has an anger problem, his, his parents must have one too. Now, I could have gotten really mad about that. Right. But I feel like it was, it was a grace for me to go. 
actually that woman's right. You know, if, if a little boy had an anger problem and I was worried about him, I might stay away from him too. So I had these, I had these, these issues that weren't specifically Mm faith-based issues, but what I started to worry, what happens if you raise children who have anger problems? for instance. Mm -hmm. Well, they have anger problems in adulthood and it's, it's hard to follow God's will to have a a life of prayer and peace. If you have some of these psychological issues, right. Mm -hmm. And so I just dove into that and said, all right, just tear me open, show me what I need to do. And there were novenas. I prayed just for family issues. And, you know, my, my son was in a really bad place. And I remember praying a novena and at the end of it, I was in the kitchen working on something and I just heard him laugh out loud, just a mm-hmm. totally natural laugh. And I teared up because I thought I haven't heard him that happy in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was, you know, a small answer to my prayers at that time. So, right. Um, so, yeah, it was a very, very spiritual experience. But m- the main thing was I, I now 100% believe Mary is with me. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% believe she has come to this earth to appear to her children and to help them. And that that's how much God loves us. Right. And having that knowledge gets you through a bad day, you know? Right. Oh, that's beautiful. So, and I think, you know, hearing your story about the writing of this and the ways, the far reaching effects it's had on you in your spiritual life, in your personal life, in your family life, and, you know, even extending to your parenting and your children. I mean, writing this book was worth it just for you alone. <laughs> I had to tell myself that. Because, yeah, I'm you sure know, you did. I'm sure you did. <laughs> there's times, I mean, you're a writer too. Mm-hmm. There's times where you lay back and you're like, um, I need to stop fantasizing about how great this book is going to be because it could flop. Right. God could, God could have done this just for me. And yep. I need to be grateful for that. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's a hundred percent true, but I'm sure you're also yeah. hearing from readers that are touched by this story or being introduced to Our Lady in a new way. Have you heard from readers in specific ways that have inspired you? Yeah. Um, one that really stands out is a dad actually who mm-hmm. contacted me, he wrote a review and he said that it made him realize he needed to be a better father. Mm-hmm. Um, and he needed to be talking to his children more about the faith and be more involved with them. And mm-hmm. then there's another, a review. It was on one Peter five. Her name is Stephanie. And this one blew me away because I really admire Stephanie and and she read it and she wrote that it had, it made her want to work on her relationship with her mom who is not Catholic. Oh. Um, because the the mother in the book is so um hurt by a loss in the beginning mm-hmm. that she's bitter. She does not like Adele. She does not want her daughter to talk to Adele. Mm-hmm. So um so that's a very heavy theme in the book is how the daughter and the mother are both dealing with this loss in different ways right. and how they can come back together. So so that really touched me. Um, mm-hmm. I had, I, I lead a, I lead a book club for girls, my daughter's 10. So girls around that age yep. and I get, I, uh, had like a get to know you party on the first day and I gave my book out as prizes. And about three weeks later, one of the girls showed up and her little friend next to her goes, you know, she's read your book three times already. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my goodness. I don't even know <laughs> what to say. That's adorable. 
Oh, that's so, so great. Um, I, I hear the one thing that surprised me is people say they get a lot of hope from it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I guess if you look at the whole message of our, um, our lady of good help, she ends saying, do not be afraid. I will help you. Yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of one of those brief prayers that sometimes I just say, mm-hmm. you said this, I will help you, you know, and that's there. The faith doesn't always have to be a struggle. There's help. The yoke can be light, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that. That's beautiful. Well, all right, real quick, before we have to wrap up here, let us know, like, where can we get our copy of this book? Where can we find out more about you and the important work you're doing? I know you're, you're, you're off of social media, correct? Yeah, I wish I wasn't, but you know what? good for you. I just, I gotta <laughs> high five, high five, Thanks. but you do Ooh. have a website. So let us know how yep. we can get there. So it's theonibell.com. It's mm-hmm. T-H-E-O-N-I bell.com. Okay. Um, you can learn all about the apparition there and the miracle of the fire. And then, um, you can learn about the projects I'm working on now. Mm -hmm. Uh, can I, can I mention one of them? Okay. So briefly we, we had a stillbirth in 2020 and Mm -hmm. the baby was seven months along and I had clotting problems and I almost died. And so it was just this very life-changing situation. Yes. And while I was in the hospital, my husband and daughter gave me a journal. My daughter wrote, hey, mom, write me something while you're in there. So I wrote the story of my daughter. Her name was Sloan. Mm -hmm. And I wrote the story of her life in the womb experienced through sounds. So because she couldn't see anyone, she would be be hearing everything in the world. And it's a very it's very lighthearted and and fun but at some point she gets too big for her home mm-hmm. and then she's getting ready to come out. And then Mary comes and takes her to heaven and gives her a new mission. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought, well, I wrote it. I might as well, you know, move forward with it. And I found an illustrator. Her, her name is Katie Ray Schoen. Mm-hmm. And um, she started illustrating it with me. And every single time I meet a new woman with, who's who's lost a baby in any way I send this to them and women they 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 cry they say I've got to send this to my sister who lost a baby right um so I really want once you lose a baby you kind of enter this new community that you realize is humongous right there's so many women who have suffered this way Mm -hmm. and I really want to make this book part of that community and and help talking mm-hmm. to your children after these kind of losses is really difficult so oh, that's I, beautiful. Th- this, this book could fill that purpose so yeah. anyway if you want if you want to know more about that or if you want to join the launch team or if you've lost a baby and just need to talk to someone you mm-hmm. can find my email on my website Okay. So that's theonibell.com. Go there to check it out. Check out the book we've been talking about here, The Woman in the Trees, but also all the new work and the important things that Theoni is working on, especially with pregnancy loss and stillbirth and the ways in which this beautiful new work of art that you've put together can really be a source of hope and healing for so many women. I think it's such important work. Thank you for doing that. No problem. And thank you for being part of Girlfriends here today. It's been a real joy talking with it's you. It's fun. 
I, it really is. I always love talking with other writers. Show. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. I, I enjoy getting to meet all the people that I get to meet through girlfriends. It's a special, special privilege for me to be able to talk to artists like you who are doing important work out there. And always, I'm always learning new things. So definitely this book, The Woman in the Trees was new to me and I'm excited to have it to share with young people in my life, but not just young people. I think this is a story for everybody. So thank you for writing it and thanks for sharing here on Girlfriends. Thanks for having me, Danielle. All right, we've got more of the show coming up for you, but first we're going to take a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Imagine this, you're walking down the street and a Christian at a table with a bunch of pamphlets asked you, have you been saved? What would you do? Would you know how to respond? Hi, I'm Dr. Andrew Swafford and I'm co-presenter along with Jeff Cavins in Ascension's new Great Adventure Bible Study, Romans, the Gospel of Salvation. In this study, we teach you the biblical foundations for the Catholic teaching on salvation, how to explain salvation quickly and easily to non-Christians, what St. Paul really meant by works not leading to salvation, and how we can enter more deeply into Christ. Paul's letter to the Romans has been at the center of reflection, conversion, and controversy from the very beginning, and it's widely considered his greatest work. I invite you to start a small group in your home or parish and embark on this great adventure. Romans, the Gospel of Salvation is available for pre-order right now and for purchase on September 1st, 2019. To order, visit ascensionpress.com. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where often I will share some listener feedback or a listener question with you here and answer your question. If you have a question you want me to take up in this section of the podcast, please send it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on Instagram. I'm Danielle Bean there. Also Danielle Bean on Facebook and Twitter as well. But this week, instead of doing a listener question, I thought we should end with a prayer, especially a prayer to Our Lady. This is a litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's a traditional prayer in the church. And um, I find it's just a really beautiful way to reflect on all of the different ways that Our Lady is a mother to us, all of the different roles that she plays, and the, the beautiful plan that God has for the role that she plays in the church and her place in the church. So if ever you're praying this litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and you come across one of Mary's titles that you're not familiar with, I really want to encourage you to investigate it, research it, find out why we call her that particular title because it's such a there's there's a lot of beautiful history behind some of these titles and there's so much that we can learn about the Blessed Virgin Mary just by prayerfully reflecting on some of these beautiful titles that she has. So I'm going to encourage you to join me in prayer here. Let's bring all of our intentions to our Blessed Mother. I want to invite you to join me in praying to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Right now I want you to Settle your mind, settle your heart, place yourself in the presence of God, turn to Our Lady, and present to her whatever intention you want to bring to this time of prayer, whatever it is you want to ask Mary to hold for you, what you want to ask Mary's help with, bring that intention to her now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, 
have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Holy Mother of God, pray for us. Holy Virgin of Virgins, pray for us. Mother of Christ, pray for us. Mother of the Church, pray for us. Mother of Mercy, pray for us. Mother of Divine Grace, pray for us. Mother of Hope, pray for us. Mother Most Pure, pray for us. Mother Most Chaste, pray for us. Mother Inviolate, pray for us. Mother Undefiled, pray for us. Mother Most Amiable, pray for us. Mother Most Admirable, pray for us. Mother of Good Counsel, pray for us. Mother of our Creator, pray for us. Mother of our Savior, pray for us. Virgin Most Prudent, pray for us. Virgin Most Venerable, pray for us. Virgin Most Renowned, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Merciful, pray for us. Virgin Most Faithful, pray for us. Mirror of Justice, pray for us. Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. Cause of our joy, pray for us. Spiritual Vessel, pray for us. Vessel of Honor, pray for us. Singular Vessel of Devotion, pray for us. Mystical Rose, pray for us. Tower of David, pray for us. Tower of Ivory, pray for us. House of Gold, pray for us. Ark of the Covenant, pray for us. Gate of Heaven, pray for us. Morning Star, pray for us. Health of the Sick, pray for us. Refuge of Sinners, pray for us. Comfort of Migrants, pray for us. Comforter of the Afflicted, pray for us. Help of Christians, pray for us. Queen of Angels, pray for us. Queen of Patriarchs, pray for us. Queen of Prophets, pray for us. Queen of Apostles, pray for us. Queen of Martyrs, pray for us. Queen of Confessors, pray for us. Queen of Virgins, pray for us. Queen of All Saints, pray for us. Queen Conceived Without Original Sin, pray for us. Queen Assumed into Heaven, pray for us. Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, pray for us. Queen of Families, pray for us. Queen of Peace, pray for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. 
Graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, Lord God, that we, your servants, may rejoice in continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Blessed Virgin Mary, ever-Virgin, may we be delivered from present sorrow to delight in joy eternal. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for praying with me, and thank you for being part of this week's podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here with me. I'm grateful for the ways that we are able to prayerfully support one another right here through this community of women that we're blessed to be a part of right here at Girlfriends. Thank you for being a part of that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 